please be seated for our Bible readings. The first reading is taken from Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, and can be found on page 799 in the Old Testament section of the Church Bible. And in it, we read of God's commission to the prophet Ezekiel. He said to me, O mortal, stand up on your feet, and I will speak with you. And when he spoke to me, a spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said to me, Mortal, I am sending you to the people of Israel, to a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have transgressed against me to this very day. And you, O mortal, do not be afraid of them, and do not be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns surround you, and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of their words, and do not be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. You shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. But you, mortal, hear what I say to you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. I looked, and a hand was stretched out to me, and a written scroll was in it. He spread it before me. It had writing on the front and on the back, and written on it were words of lamentation and mourning and woe. He said to me, O mortal, eat what is offered to you. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. He said to me, Mortal, eat this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it, and in my mouth it was as sweet as honey. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading is taken from Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 2, and can be found on page 40 in the New Testament section. In this reading, Jesus speaks about parables of growth. He began to teach them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, 
Some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it didn't have much soil, and it sprang up quickly, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. He also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day and the seed would sprout and grow and he does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Of what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thank you, Graham. Please do be seated and shall we pray together. So, Lord, anoint these lips with the seal of your Spirit, that my mouth would speak wisdom and the words of my heart bring understanding that your spirit would be our teacher this morning to awaken our hearts, expand our minds, and shape our identity in you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Earlier this month I had two conversations with different, if you like, church members which kind of impacted me. Both conversations related to, if you like, changes in church services that have happened since March 2020. And in one conversation, the, the person in question, for every good reason, was, was lamenting the ongoing difficulties they were having, adapting to both what for them has been the pace and the scale of change. In the other conversation, the person started with these words. I've never really been bothered with numbers before. But just lately, I've been thinking it would be nice if there were a few more people here. I don't know if you can relate to either of those conversations. Clearly, both and continue to have an impact upon me. They confirm what the leadership expert John Maxwell writes when he says, change is inevitable. Growth is optional. 
three years later, if you like, as I look out each Sunday morning, I find in, in one service a greater number of people, in another service a smaller number of people, and in the other service a number which has remained about the same. Of course, we, we don't just measure growth, do we, numerically? We don't just measure growth in terms of how many people are here on a Sunday morning. We also measure growth in terms of both depth, who we are becoming as people, and in terms of impact or vitality, what we do. But I've never not believed that numbers aren't important, because they clearly are. So the question I've been thinking for, for if you like, each congregation I'll start to think about is, how do we now grow? You see, in Jesus' three parables about seeds from Mark's gospel, we heard about the kingdom of God, of if you like, which the church is this visible expression, grows. And these parables teach us, don't they, how there is a role for God in how churches grow, but also that there's a role for each one of us. The balance, if you like, between the human divine, it isn't like so much it's 50-50, it's actually 100-100. It's all in, if you like, from both sides. And in Jesus' later two parables, firstly, of how the seed grows, and secondly, of the mustard seed, if you like, God's role in growth is explained, isn't it? You know, Mark tells us, doesn't he? It's both a, a mystery Because God is God, and Mark writes, and the sower did not know how. He did not know how God had done what he'd done. And secondly, it's not only a mystery, it's also miraculous, isn't it? That from the smallest of seeds comes the greatest of trees. As Paul would write to the church at Corinth, it's God who brings the growth. But in Jesus' first parable, if you like, this very famous parable, the first parable, if you like, Jesus told, and the one that he would say that all the other parables are explained by, there is also a role for us in this process of how churches grow. If you like, in this parable, the parable of the sower, or better, the parable of the soils, we discover that it's the condition of our soil, namely our hearts and how we behave, which determines, if you like, how much success we have in the growth process. In order to grow, we have to feed the soil, not the seed. You see, growing as a a church isn't easy. As Bob Jackson, the Church of England's leading growth experts, writes, there are no general or guaranteed solutions for the growth puzzle. There are no off-the-peg solutions, only tailor-made ones. No self-invented solutions, only God-inspired ones. And there are usually no cheap and cheerful solutions, only costly, sacrificial ones. And in Jesus' parable of the soil, we read, don't we? We know this. There's the sower. Jesus never says, does he, who the sower is? There is seed, which Jesus says, if you like, is the word of God, if you like, the messages of Jesus, the the Bible, if you like. And then there are four, or we could say six different types of soil because obviously there are three types of good soil. 
which Jesus says represents, if you like, four different types of listener. And what it reveals about the condition of each of our hearts. And in today's culture, it can be very tempting, can't it? It'd be very tempting to feel our role is about having to feed the seed in some way. As if we have to add to it, or as if we have to apologize for it, or if we have to defend it in some way. But as the great 19th century preacher Charles Spurgeon said, the word of God, the seed, is like a lion. You don't have to defend a lion. All you have to do is let the lion loose and the lion will defend itself. In order to grow, we have to feed the soil, not the seed. Today, for the first time, actually in three years, at St. George's, we're celebrating Plough Sunday. It was the day in former times when a plough was brought virtually into every Church of England building. And the community dedicated their ploughing to God, seeking his help and his blessing on the work that was so vital to their existence. For some, we may look on Plough Sunday today in sentimental terms, as as quaint, if you like, a benign relic of a bygone age. Some may see it as outdated and dismiss it as irrelevant to today. Others may question its purpose, as it's not mentioned in the Bible. But I think not. Here's why. What Plough Sunday does in the church calendar is to reflect the rhythm of the biblical calendar, which was there to remind us of what it means to plough a different furrow to exercise faith in our dependence on God and ponder again his past actions upon the impact that they're having in our present lives. And actually, as we maybe go around this community and maybe as we watch plows in action, we could actually say the symbol of the plow in farming represents the action of God in the church growth process because what's the purpose of a plough. You see, the way a plough works, doesn't it, is to make a long trench, we could say, a furrow in the ground where seed can be sown. And just like the plough, if we think about it, it has to break up all different types of ground, doesn't it? The trodden wayside, the rocky ground, and the thorny terrain, as well as the good soil to cultivate growth. So God's role in the growth process, depending upon the condition of the soil of our hearts, is to where necessary. On the trodden wayside, convict and challenges. On the rocky ground to, and thorny terrain to awaken contrition and confession in us. And in the good soil to feed and water us, to cultivate that growth in people's hearts. Our role Meanwhile, is then to feed the soil, not the seed. Or we could say to feed the soil with the seed. For the seed, the word of God testifies itself as the writer to the Hebrews reminds us of being living and active, sharper 
than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul and spirits, joints and marrow. It's able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the human heart. To quote that great hymn we just sang, our role in the church growth process is to ensure the soil of our hearts is fed and watered by God's almighty hand because it's the way that we ensure God's seed in our hearts doesn't become like the seed in the other types of soil. For how this can occur in all of our lives, we find wisdom in the call and commissioning of Ezekiel as God's prophet. You know, over the coming six weeks or so, we're going to be looking at this book of Ezekiel. Increasingly, I find the book of Ezekiel and the other Old Testament prophets as the best genre in the Bible at this stage for what it means to live as Christ's followers today. You see, the prophets lived in tough times, didn't they? It's no bed of roses being called to live as a follower of Jesus Christ today. It it's, feels like every week it's hard work. And the temptations to let the heart of our soil be spoiled today are numerous. Very easy to start to live on the path following the well-trodden way of the world. It's very easy to start to live amidst the rocks, drifting along due to some shallowness in our lives. It's very easy to kind of live on the thorny ground, compromising due to the weeds of distraction taking root leading to our lives becoming conflicted or cluttered. And in Ezekiel's commission, he's given not a seed, but a written scroll to eat. For the seed, read the scroll, for they're both metaphors in different contexts, aren't they, for the word of God. You know, on Tuesday morning and Tuesday evening when we were looking at this passage in our, in our Bible study group, we, we faced a question, why is Ezekiel called to eat the scroll? And we all know the answer is, well, if you were there on Tuesday morning or Tuesday evening, you know the answer. You may well know the answer as well. So that it becomes part of him. You see, he must digest and absorb it. For it's only then when it becomes part of his personality that he can then proclaim it effectively. And we have to let the scroll, or we have to let the seed become part of us. This text for living and growing that will cultivate and live and grow in the soil of our hearts. See, for me, prophets like Ezekiel, they stood in the gap, didn't they? They stood in the gap, if you like, we could say in the furrow between God and the people. And that gap represented their front line, a term I've used much of these past few days, this everyday place where all of us go, all of us go into that gap. That gap is the place where we work or we study or we play or where we live, where we're most likely to encounter people who aren't Christians where we then make the impact for him. It was the late Bishop Leslie Newbigin who said the primary action of the church in the world 
is the action of its members in their daily work. That's how we grow as the church, as the prophet stood in the gap, in the furrow. They provided a map to God for the people. By what they said, their messages, by their actions, by how they lived it out, by their prayers. And we feed the soil with the seed or the scroll. And when we do this, our role in the growth process, we find over the seasons of times, and sometimes when we muck up as well, because everybody does, God brings the blessing of growth through the soil of our hearts. In Ezekiel's day, wasn't it? It was seen in the fulfillment of these words later in the book that we'll look at maybe in week five or so. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove from your body this heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Or, as we saw in the parable of the soils, the yield of even the least productive good soil will be anywhere between double to six times the usual yield from farming in those days because there is no greater miracle, is there, than the changing of a human heart. So let us feed the soil not the seed. And let us feed the soil with the seed by eating, if you like, the scrolls in this book and allowing it so much to become part of our lives that it lives and grows in the soil of our hearts. So may God bless us. May he do everything he's promised for his love is eternal and complete that work that he has begun and produce that yield greater numbers, depth and impact within and among us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.